This is Laz Jacob bringing you another episode of Running with Laz, where we keep it real and not just on running. You can find us on iTunes and Podbean. This is Gary Easter from Hermes Race Systems. Gary, how are you today? I'm fine, Laz. Nice to be here. Have you guys been uh, pretty busy this time of the year? You know what? We're, uh, we're getting there. It's starting to uh, pick up. We had a little bit of a break here over the last 30 days, and uh, the race season's upon us already. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, banquet's coming up, too, for, for the uh, race series, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and this year it's, uh, it's held at the uh, Hofbrau House, which um, uh, we, we do their 5 and 10K and half marathon race in the, in the fall. And this year we decided to move our banquet to the uh, Hofbrau House. Why the change? Because I know, I mean, I've participated in it probably the past three, four years now. And, you know, it's been at the market market. in Rocky River. Yeah, I I think they wanted, Laz, I think they wanted to change just a little bit to have a dinner menu. And the Hofbrau House was was always a a really great sponsor of the the 5 and 10K race and the half marathon. So I think we decided to move it downtown and, and see what a dinner menu might be like. Oh, good. Um, how many people do you expect to be there? Uh, I I would anticipate probably sixty or seventy people. Good. And, and their and their spouses are invited as well. Right. So. Well, I'll be there. Good. And, you know, good. My daughters will be there. I know you've been participating every year. Yeah. We've had it, so that's great. That's good. Yeah. It's that, um, this year. My goal was to do all the races because I I think I did all the races one year, maybe a couple years yeah. ago. This year, my daughter, my youngest daughter, was the only one to do all the races. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had an injury, and, and unfortunately, I couldn't. Yeah. You know, two races I had to miss. One was the river run, which, you know, I absolutely love the river run. Oh. And the other, I think, was the uh, Little Helping Hands. Oh, yeah, in, uh, yeah. By um, the uh, Holy Name High School. Right, right. Which, you know, I was having a little bit of Achilles issues, but, you know, in retrospect, I should have even walked the race because there was nobody in my age group, <laughs> I would have been first place. First place. <laughs> but, but of course, I didn't do it. It's nice to see your daughter running and, and participating, so that's good. Right, that's, right. that's good. Well, yeah, she's pretty fast, too. Oh, so good. She um, ended up winning her age group first place in uh-huh. you know, her age category, and I ended up winning first and place how old in is my she? age category. She's 25. 25? Yeah, just turned 26. Okay. So. She's in that good age group now, very competitive age group. Absolutely. Well, you know, and the thing for me is is I've been in the 50 to 54, but now I'm moving to the 55 to 59, right. which is much more competitive, it seems and, like. And, at Laz, I'll tell you, it's going to get even more competitive when you get to the 65 to 70, and those runners are still – It's. I'm amazed at the speed and the endurance of the older runners now. It, it's amazing to me. The times that they're coming in with – I'm I'm just amazed at, at how good they are, both male and female runners. Absolutely, yeah. That's the thing is, it's uh, when you start to look at how running has changed over the years. Oh and my You guys goodness. have been you know doing this for forever. Forever, it seems like. yeah, I have. So, yeah. Um, but I was at I was at a race, the skeleton run. I, no, well, not the skeleton run. There was the the run out in Elyria. I can't remember the name the name of the race by Amherst and Scott Snyder. Was oh, there. Scott, yes. Yeah. And you know, I've been running since 19 early 1990s and 
I hadn't seen Scott probably in 10 years, if not yeah. longer. Yeah. And to see him do Still the re- race. I think Scott, I think he's the cross country coach at Bay. Is he? Bay Village. Yeah, Bay Village, the girls cross country coach. And uh, he's he's a good coach. He's a very still a very competitive, still a good runner, still a good runner. The thing is, is I I think he was sixty three years old and still <laughs> ran like a nineteen minute five k. You know, I'm fifty five, so yeah. I'm hoping that at at sixty three, yeah. I can still. There's run. still hope. There's still hope for you, <laughs> right? Um, you know, why don't you? What I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, if you obviously uh, things about not only yourself, but, mm-hmm. you know, the running and, and what you guys have done here. But I have seen you from time to time down at the Metro Park. So I know that, you know, you're a runner, too. Do you try to get out? Um, often? Yeah, I um, I still I used to be a very um, com- not a, I can't say competitive. I used to put in long miles running marathons and so forth. And now it's just a matter of just going out. I, I try to do five days a week and maybe eh, four or five miles a day. Uh, going over to the rec center or just going out my front door or going down to the valley mm-hmm. and, and running. So I, I try, to keep, try to keep somewhat active. Not as fast as I used to be and not as long runs as, as we used to run, but um, I'm still trying to do it, yeah. Do you do any of your races? No. No? <laughs> no. I don't. Uh, you mean participating or organizing the races and getting involved on race day and doing things, uh, it takes up a lot of time, so it's just kind of enjoyable after the run is over. You just go out for a nice, easy run and just do it. But, no, competitively and running races, I no, I just don't. And if I do have a free day, I don't know if I want to go to a race or not. Right. <laughs> I, see, I see the runners every Saturday and Sunday, so that one day I have a free day of, of on a weekend, maybe I just want to go out and run my neighborhood or something like that. Right. It's definitely enjoyable, you know, even just going to races because I do that from time oh. to time where – I will just go to races to to watch other people. It, it is. It's ra- running. Running races now has become. Uh, it, it's just there's a lot of there's a camaraderie where people see each other every weekend, see how they're doing, they get to talk. It's just a it's a nice atmosphere now, and that's what running brings. It brings people together, and you see people. You go to races now, and you see people that are you know seventy years old, like I said, and 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 seventeen year olds and fifteen year olds. Everybody gets along. They cheer each other on. Running is it, it's a it's a good way to get together on the weekends and meet people and establish relationships. Yeah. Well, it's funny because my daughter, my youngest daughter, and I, we did the uh, uh, the reindeer run. Oh yeah. And my, my time was very slow because I did 50 races this year. So towards the end of the year, I was just I was kind of wiped yeah. out. Uh, so I ran that race. I think I did like I don't know 28 something. And, you know, there was a lady, I think, in the 65 to 69 category that ran like 27. I'm like, you know, oh. I got beat by somebody yeah. that's, you know, which is great. I mean, it really is great. But. No. And, you know, when you see these older people running, and I'm older, I'm, I'm one of the older ones too. But it's, it's nice because they're out there on a weekend where a lot of people are at home sitting there doing nothing. And these are people out there that are 70, 75. We, we, at, at the uh, reindeer run, we had an 84-year-old fellow run from Westlake and he ran like a 40 minute 5k right I mean come on he's 84 years old these guys it's Lou Povinelli he's just a great runner and he's out there competitive and and at the reindeer run we we established the Jess Bell division which is in honor of Jess Bell the the cosmetic uh, guru who organized races years ago and it's in honor of Jess and, and we have these runners who show up who are 60 65 70 over 
being very competitive and out there doing something that normally you're 75 years old, you go, man, barely can I get out of bed in the morning, let alone run a 5K run. Absolutely. Well, I remember back in the day, and I think it was uh, Matt Norris, who I believe oh, was Matt. no longer yeah. with us. Right. Uh, but one of my first races I did with Matt was the, um, the um, it was the Revco at the time. And I was actually, that was the year I ran the marathon. I think it was 1996. And Matt and I, for the first five miles, we were we were kind of running together. And it was just, you know, but I've seen him at races over the years and you know he slowed down quite a bit because he kind of kept up sure with me in that 1996 sure. race, yeah. but he you know he kind of slowed down. But I think he ran into his 80s. He did. Know, so. He ran into his 80s. He was still and he might have in the last couple of races I was at and Matt participated in. He'd be one of the last ones in, but he'd be there. We wait for Matt. You wait for Matt and and you'd honor Matt at the races because here's a guy in his 80s and he's still out there doing 5Ks whether he's walking, whether he's running him. You know, shuffling along, he still was there doing it, and, he, and, and we we do miss Matt at the races. I mean, he, he was. Uh, I mean, and I've known Matt. I knew Matt from the years I started running. He was. Uh, he he started with us running and, and running Revco and running these races and continued up until the day he passed. You know, as long as you're you're doing things and, and you're happy, I think that's most oh, important. Exa- oh, exactly. Why don't you yeah. tell me about, you know, Hermes and, and what you guys do. I interviewed Nils Antonio about... Oh, I knew uh, Nils, yeah. Nils yeah. from Lakewood. Yeah, One three, of the... three, four weeks ago, somewhere around there. And, and great he runner. said that you guys started out as, as a shoe store. Yeah, I, um, I started out with uh, my brother-in-law. We opened up a, a shoe store called Hermes in Playhouse Square in uh, 19... 1978, I believe it was, and um, we opened up another store in Lakewood, and we had a store in Cleveland Heights, and after about seven or eight years, I got very active in the Cleveland West Roadrunners Club, and I think it was 1979, I was president of the club, and I got involved with the club, and then I got involved with the Athletic Congress, and and uh, working at, at races, and I, I was trying to get the uh, women's marathon here in 1980, I believe. Um, I was unsuccessful in doing that, but I got involved. And then, as um, my tenure as the Cleveland West Roadrunners um, president ended, I, uh, myself, and four or five other gentlemen organized uh, Hermes Race Systems, and we started with the Turkey Trot in 1981. I think it was 81. And we went down to the Cleveland Metro Parks, down by Mastic. No, not down by Little Met. And we decided one morning on Thanksgiving we're going to have a race. And, Laz, it was incredible. 600 people showed up out of nowhere. And we said, and I remember to this day, Jess Bell standing next to me at the, at the awards. And Jess said to me, Gary, you got a winner here. And this year we almost had 10,000 people at the Turkey Trot. So from a race which started, it was 600 runners. And to this point... Uh, we're at over almost 10,000 runners. That, that's that's the way it started. And the races, uh, slowly we, we got a reputation of putting races on, and um, we took over some races and organized some races. And uh, it was a, it was our my, – my main concern was just putting on a good event for people. And we worked with several charities and doing things, and it, it just blossomed. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I became a police officer in Lakewood. And at that point, I realized I had a family and a job to do. So we kind of, the transition went to Hermes Sports and Events, which Neil and these guys here took over. And uh, I'm still fortunate to be part of it, kind of like a race consultant to them. 
That's fantastic. Now, I like the idea with the turkey trot that you added the 5K division. Because yeah. I, or the 5K race, because I think that's, you know, added more to it. Oh, sure has. You get You're the right. people that will walk, you know, walk a 5K. But, you know, it has been, it's fantastic. Oh, it's a, gr it's a great way to start off Thanksgiving morning. Yes. You know, you just start out. Gives you a reason to go home and eat all that. Exactly. Turkey, right? You can go have that second piece of pumpkin <laughs> right. pie. And, and, it, and it, it's good because this year when you saw the race and you had we had close to 10,000 people, people were having fun. They were dressed in costumes. There were running groups there. They, they just, people had fun. They got done the 5K. We had a one-mile walk, which the one-mile walk, we probably had 400 people in it. But you got the walk in, then the kids could watch the 5K or participate in the 5K, and then you had the five miler. So you're right, adding that extra 5K probably increased our numbers, but it gave people an opportunity. Some people go, five miles, I can't do five miles. But three, I can do a three. Yes. And we gave them that opportunity, and it's really blossomed into a very, very traditional event in Cleveland. And the weather, you know, can be hit or miss. Oh, but boy. Last, this year, the, the, or last year, the weather was was great. Oh, it was I great. Think. You know, was the, great. Like, I think the year before is when we had, or maybe two years ago, when we had the snow. Oh, my gosh. slushy. Now, I'm, I'm a back-of-the-pack runner, so for yeah. me, all the snow is kind of like it's pushed to the side by the time I get there. <laughs> yeah. But the poor lead runners. You know. Yeah, it is. It, 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 there's, there's, a, there's a nice uh, feature about being in the back or in the middle of the pack. Yes. <laughs> That's what, when I was uh, interviewing Nils Antonio, first time I met him was at Set the Pace Winter Race. 1996, I think it wow. was, you know, a Hermes race. Yeah. And uh, Nils at the time was probably one of the fastest runners in, in Northeast Ohio. Oh, yes. But it had snowed that morning. And, you know, it was, it was an out and back, so you got to see the lead runners coming back. Here comes Nils Antonio running. Poor guy, you know, he's running through the snow. And I think he still managed to get like five minute miles or something yeah. like that. So, uh, but, you know, fantastic runner. Yeah, it was uh, Nils. I, we, did a, we did a race one year uh, in the, for the city of Brook Park. And at the time, Nils was, um, he was known to me, but not to a lot of runners. And he showed up at the race and it was a 5K. And um, when the race took off, the organizer, he looked at me and he goes, um, who's that one kid there? Uh, what's his name? I go, it's Nils. I said, he's going to win this race. He goes, oh, I don't know. I've never seen him before. Nils, I think Nils ran it in like 1450, a 5K. Wow. And I said, I told you. I mean, you could see. And then Nils, Nils was really interesting because he wouldn't be at every race, but he would be selective in races. And when he was there, he would win that race. Sure. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he still is a good runner. He's, he still is a, a very good runner. But at that time, boy, he was, he was, he was a top-notch runner. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's nice to see some of these races that I do because, like I said, I've been running since 91. I've kind of seen, you know, who was winning those races. and, and But from time to time, you'll see some of those folks come back oh, yeah. out of, like, nowhere. You know? Out of nowhere. Like I said, like a Scott Snyder who I hadn't seen in so long, and then to come see him do that sure, race. Sure, you, you see him come back. You see this old, the old standby is always winning the races, but all of a sudden you'll see a name out of the past and you come back there, especially when you get to the older division, and right. all of a sudden you, you call out 65 and over, and you call a name, and you go, whoa, where's this guy yeah. been? And all of a sudden you go, yeah, it's good to see you again. <laughs> nice to see you're still running. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think a lot of times the you know running to the point now where the cost becomes – uh, not, for lack of better words, a problem, but a concern that runners go, well, we have to really be selective in which race sure. we want to go to because the cost goes is, is escalating to say, well, I can't run every Saturday and Sunday, but maybe I can run this Saturday and maybe next week, next Sunday. So you're selective in which race you want to go to. 
and you pick out that race and where it may be close to home or whatever. Right. Now, I know you guys have grown from you know a small organization to sure. when you first started out. Yeah. You mentioned like four people, but where are you at today? Because I know that you guys have just grown substantially. Yeah, it seems like. where we're at, um, we just have we have several races. We do. You know, um, Hermes does uh, a lot of the race for the cures. We do a race in West Palm Beach, and and um, we do a race in Columbus and in Milwaukee and so forth. So. That area we've expanded. We we got we did the first Cleveland race for the Cure when it was at uh, Case Western Reserve. We started with the with the race for the Cure then, and we organized it, and then we just grew from there. But locally, we're 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 we still do several races. I really don't even know the number. I know come March, come late March into April, we're almost every weekend we're going out for at least two races. In some cases, two or three races a day. And so we have a really good crew, a really good staff here that really, and, and again, Laz, it's, it's like when you have these many races and you do work with charities, you really want to make, make sure that you put on a good event. Absolutely. You want to put on a good event and you really want to make sure, and my, my main concern with running is that, of course, we talk about the winners of the race, and that's, 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 that's great to acknowledge them, but you also want to acknowledge that person that finishes last. And you want to stay out there and make sure that young lady or older person, an older gentleman, young kid who comes in at, at uh, you know, 60 minutes for a five, you're out there for them. Because they've paid their entry fee, they've run, they, they, they're well worth the, the time and effort that we put into that race. Everybody applauds the winners, but those people out there at the end, they're also participating, and we want to acknowledge them as well. And I think that's what... That's what this organization's about. You know, you put these races on, and it's great getting sponsors and doing things. But, boy, you just, I really care about those people at the end. Without them, we wouldn't have races. Right. You know, with the lead runners, that's great. They'll be there. But that back of the pack and the back of the pack and the middle of the pack, those are the people that keep running alive in Cleveland. Those are the ones that show up on Saturday and Sunday, put their money down, get their T-shirt, and drink their Gatorade or their water afterwards or their banana. But they're the ones that keep running alive in Cleveland. That's what it's all about, right. and keeping them fit. Where else would they be? You know, running is, is, like I said, it keeps you fit. You're out there. You're exercising. That's what it's all about. You know, you see how, feel, how good you feel after a race. You feel great. You feel good. You go, man, I, I ran a 5K. I ran a 5-mile, 10K. I feel good. That's what running's all about. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's usually what I try to do when I finish because I usually, I don't know, 23, 24, 25 minutes for a 5K when I'm in great shape. Yeah. But as soon as I finish, I usually try to wait around the finish line and just cheer other people on yeah. you know, because they need it as much oh, as you know, it, the people that are winning the races. It is. One of, one of, the, the, one of the best races I've been associated with is, is the uh, Youth Challenge race. It's, um, That's for, the one in Lakewood, right? Wait, yeah. physically challenged kids, and the organization Youth Challenge is great. But what happens is the runners come, we run the race, and then afterwards, the Youth Challenge kids do a mile. And they're in wheelchairs, they're on crutches. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And the runners cheer these kids on. And, you know, these kids, this is a special day in their, in their whole year that they wait for, the 5K, the one-mile run that they participate in. And the runners see that, and it, it makes them feel good. You say, wow, look at this. You know, we're out here cheering. It makes the kids feel good. It makes the runners feel good. That's what it's all about. That's what, that's what running's all about. I mean... Sure, you make money, and you, you, you keep an organization like Hermes going, but for the most part, 
you just you're there for those runners that's and you, you hope you do a good job for them and sometimes you do sometimes you make a mistake and you hope they understand but it, it's not for the lack of trying to put on a great event for people I'm glad you mentioned that youth challenge because I think I did that one a couple years ago and one of the things I mean I, I teared up watching this oh, race oh. because once the the wheelchair division started or that division started there was a young boy who I think ran the 5k um, he was probably 16 17 years old and had a brother that was challenged the whole one mile race the you know, kid was in a wheelchair and his brother was pushing the the wheelchair for him or using the remote the whole race this, oh you know he was holding this for yeah. him walking along with him yeah. and it just i teared up watching it that, is you know? it is you, you know, i've done that race i think this is its 37th or 38th year i've done it 37 years the first year we didn't do it after that i've been there no matter what my schedule is whether i, I have family out of town or whatever's going on i'll never will miss that race the, the the people at Youth Challenge are just a great organization, but what they stand for, I mean, I just, I, I will not miss that race. Right. I'm, I want to be part of it. You know, and a, a lot of times where, you know, runners will have a bad run and they're down on themselves or, oh. you know, training or whatever, but you see something like that. Like, thank you. you. Exactly say, right. You are exactly right. I will never right. be upset again. Right. So. You know, and say, oh, I missed my PR by five seconds, and then you watch these kids come running yes. in and you go, whoa, wait yeah. a second. And to see their face when they you know, oh. get a little, a, a, any type yeah. of award, just mm -hmm. to me, is just fantastic. And Mary Sue, who's in charge of it, she says that those kids look forward to that day all summer long. They can't wait till race day. So it's good. So what was it like putting on a race back in the day versus today? Oh. You know, when I, I, mean, I started running, like I said, in the early 90s, and they did, very rarely did you have chip timing back no. then. Maybe the big race at Revco, but you had to get the little – you know, chip and tie it to your shoelace or whatever. Right. So right. the the difference is, you know, because even back then it took forever to get the race results, it seemed. Today, you know, by the time the race results even start, they're almost posted on your they're, on your website on your web in most cases. <laughs> they're up by the time I'm in the car driving home, you right. can go on your phone and see what, how you placed. But well, it was that race, that, the one I was telling you about with Scott Snyder, you know, you had mentioned, well, the race results will be up by noon. Yeah. They were already up oh, by the time <laughs> you finished. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I'm, I can't keep up with technology because I'll say that at the awards ceremony, and as I'm walking away, one of the uh, the Hermes, Hermes group to say, hey, Gary, they're already up on the website. I go, really? Right. I, I said, you know, but, but going back to the start, when we first started running, and this was with the Cleveland West Roadrunners and, and um, some of the original people, who organized races, we used to run a race and you would finish and get a card in your hand telling you your place. Yes. And then you'd go to a shoebox and the shoebox would have the ages in it. So you would put the, the card in there and then you would go into the, the, the organizers would go in and look at the cards and see who finished first. And that's how they would tabulate the results. So you get it. And what would happen is uh, a, a runner would come in and get a card and go walk away and never turn the card in. So meanwhile, you were sitting there going, where's card number seven? That, that person's going to, so you'd have to wait and, and would wait and wait and wait until you have to call the person, say, hey, whoever has card number seven, would you please turn it in so we can get the results done? So sometimes the results would take 25, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 
and you'd have to do that. And it, it used to have popsicle sticks and give you a popsicle stick when you came through with your number on it, and you would turn it in. So that's how far we've come, and it, it, it's great. It, it's great what, what's happened now because it gets results a lot faster, and people want the results quicker, and we can post them and so forth. So it's come a, it's come a long way. Sure. So when I first started, I, my, my office was in the basement of my house. The phone would ring. I'd organize. I mean, I get take registrations over the phone, and you know, go to a printer and print some stuff, and go out and put it car, put the stuff in my station wagon, and go to the race and set it up and so forth. And three or four of us would do it. And but that's now. Now we have a truck. Now we have uh, timing mats, and we have mile markers, and we have right. all this and you know, state of the art, which is good. It's good. But sometimes you. Sometimes I would like, I think I would like to do a race one time just for runners to say, this is the way it was done 30 years ago, and see what they would say. They'd go, oh, we wouldn't, we're not going to put up with this, you know, and say, that's the way it was done years ago. So, yeah. Some of the older runners would be like, I remember this. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. You're right. <laughs> the they go, this is the like, way it was. That? Yeah, yeah. So, that would, yeah, that would be great. It would be great to do that. Now, do you see, like, any other changes coming up? Because, you know, most everything is, is you know, timing now, but... I mean, yeah. very rarely. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. You still do see races where it's pull tag. Uh, but you do more and more getting towards you know towards timing. I'm yeah. sure there's an added cost for that. But yeah. um, now I know one of the races I think that that you had done. Maybe it was the uh, the ten miler, which is you know coming up in April, where you actually got to go stand on a mat and it it read your your time yeah, I can and see place yeah. everything like that. Yeah. But we, I don't see it at every race. We don't. That's a that's a little extra expense that we have, and it takes uh, another person to set up that that. So at the bigger races, we like to do that for people to see. They can stand on the mat, look at their time, and see where exactly they right. place and so forth. And you need uh, like sometimes you need an extra electrical outlet to to set that up right. and and so forth. But it's it's you know the, the biggest thing I think with with running now is. Is from our standpoint, is I would like to try to keep the cost down as much as possible to runners. It, it, like I like I mentioned earlier, that the, the the cost of running is is getting a little bit high. T-shirt cost goes up. The police are, is getting very expensive now. You know, the officers paying for police officers, and you run a race in downtown Cleveland, and all the streets you pass, you have to have a police officer. So to try to cut that cost and try to move to an area where you don't need as many police officers, maybe to cut down on, on um, the awards type thing. You know, like from runner's standpoint, well, we always get all these kind of awards to try to, to, try to do something a little differently to, to cut cost or T-shirt cost and so forth. Um, you know, that, that's, that's my biggest, not a concern, but I, I would like to focus on that to say, hey, you know, can we, how can we save the runners some money every weekend? You know, because it, it does. It's 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 getting it's getting pretty expensive. And when a runner spends thirty-five or twenty-five dollars for a race, they want something for it. You sure. know, they want a nice shirt, and they want some good awards, and they want a good refreshments at the end, and they want a good safe course. They want they want a course that, when the police are going to protect them, and, and uh, a safe course. And that's what you that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I don't think people really realize the expense and oh. the work. That goes into they, 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 I, a I, race, and I, it's, not, it's not to say runners. I mean, some of them do understand, but I think organizing races. As we sit down now, we're planning races for June, July. Meeting with, um, you have to go to cities, you have to go to the city council, you have to go to the police department and say, we want to run this race. Uh, how's this date look? Um, 
well, can you can afford these? We're going to need this, this many police officers. Okay, we understand that. You know, the, the the sponsor can the sponsor be there at that race? Can we use this park? Can we use this city um, uh, area? And you need to, you need to get these permits all in order. And sometimes it's a it's a stumbling block. I, I remember. I don't think they realize that that you know there's there's the permits oh. and everything, and then you have to have the police at certain. Yeah. They don't people just don't get. I, I had. Um, I was uh, I organized the uh, when when uh, Progressive Field opened up. It was um, Jacobs Field, mm -hmm. and we organized. I don't know if you were there. We organized the first league park to Jacobs Field I did that race. race, the first time, yeah. and I, um, I I organized it. I, I I came to the Indians. I had an idea. I had a vision. I said, "Listen, I think we ought to have a race, starting from League Park and finishing." At Progressive or at, at Jacobs Field, an opening of the Cleveland baseball, the new baseball season. It was a new stadium, and the Indians looked at me and they said, "You'll never get 200 people. They're not going to show up." And I had to go through City Council, and I had to go through. There was a councilwoman named Fanny Lewis. I had to sit with her at least three or four different occasions. I had to meet with a bank to see if I can get sponsorship, and and the, and it started up, and finally, I got the race organized. And we went to League Park, and 4,800 people showed up for that race. And I'll never forget it. We started, the, uh, and, and I had Mel Harder, who was a, a Cleveland Indian pitcher from the past. He was there. I had a few other people uh, from the area there, from, from organizations. And they just looked at me, and they said, this is incredible, what's happening here. And, I, and that, what I wanted to do was tell, show people League Park. Because people didn't know there was League Park where baseball started in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And people, they ran, they finished, and when it was over, the next day, the Indians called me and said, boy, did we make a mistake. I had no idea this many people showed up, and we want to do it again next year. And that's how, that's how things started. But the, the race itself took months to prepare, meeting with city council saying, okay, we can get this road closed, and I'm going to need this, and I'm going to need that. I needed to get to RTA and organize 20 buses to transport yeah. people from the field to League Park and people back again, and I had to work with RTA. So people go, well, they go to a race, and when the gun goes up, they shoot it off, and they go, oh, this is the race. <laughs> Behind the scenes, you can see how much work had to be done, and this goes on every day here at, at Hermes Sports and Events. These guys are sitting with councilmen in different cities, Rocky River, Beechwood, Euclid, Lakewood, and saying, well, how can we do this? Can we do this? Can we close this road? Can we do this? They need to get that, and they organize that to make sure. And the bottom line is, is that the runners are safe. Is this road going to be okay for the runners? Am I going to have an officer there to make sure no cars come out? And it's not 100% foolproof. People pull out of their driveways, things happen. But our concern is always the safety of the runners, and hopefully when people walk away from a race, they go, this was a good race. We enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, I remember that race. That was a fantastic Oh, race. it was great. And now League Park, I think they've redone it they've, or, or refurbished it. They have, and, and I would love to go back and, and do it again. I, I would really love to go back and do it again with the maybe an anniversary with the Indians or something like that. But people need to know where baseball started in Cleveland. Babe Ruth hit his 500th home run at League Park. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows Nobody knows that's that's what it's all about and people right. see league park and go this is where baseball started so it was you know, that's just one event i kind of ramble on a little bit but that's just one event that you can see the organization 
how you have to plan and prepare and sometimes you get obstacles and sometimes things come up and go well you can't do this you can't do that you got to roll with the punches sometimes. Yeah, it's tough to have somebody come to you guys and say, hey, we want to do a race next month. Can you help us out? I'm sure it happens. Oh, Laz, you, you cannot believe. You know what? I, they go, well, we saw a race, and, you know, um, we saw you had 200 people. Man, we're going to make a ton of money. Well, wait a second. You know, the shirts cost money. The police cost money. They go, police? No, no. Yeah, you know, all oh, the police will volunteer. They're not going to volunteer. Right. You're going to pay them. You're going to pay for the shirts. You're going to pay for the trophies. You're going to pay. You can pay for all this stuff. And you go, oh, geez. And then people realize, well, the 200 runners, that I'm not going to make that much money. And I I tell race organizers, it usually takes about two to three years for a race to really determine whether they want to continue or not. And as as they get to the third year, they go, wow, we're starting to see a little profit. Well, then you keep the race going. But don't expect the first year to say, oh, this is going to be great. Unless you get a big major sponsor. Sometimes you get a big major sponsor comes in and says, well, I'll underwrite the whole race. I'll, I'll do this. I'll pay for this. I'll pay for that. Well, then you're, you're, you're dealing with house money there. You can say, okay, right. this is great. Right. You know, you can afford to take a, have a blizzard that morning and go, oh, my gosh, you know, we got a blizzard. No one's going to show up. And that's our biggest fear when you run races in February, March, and April. And all of a sudden you prepare, and all of a sudden a blizzard hits, and you go, oh, my gosh, what do I do? I've got... 5,000 shirts, I've got trophies, I've got all this stuff, and then the police are there waiting, and you know, what am I going to do here? So but people will still show up. They, yeah, they will. <laughs> they will. That's You're right there. Have you ever had to cancel a race uh, because of weather? Yeah, well, one of the turkey trots, we made it in one mile because the, um, the weather was so severe that the police said you cannot even run down by the stadium. It was ice-covered. And uh, one year at the... Um, uh, we ran the uh, the St. Malachi race, and it was a blizzard that morning. And I just looked at the at the race, and I said, "There's no way I I can't I can't put these runners out uh, on the course in the snow." And the police the police concurred with me. They said, "No, we can't guarantee the safety." But it's funny because when I canceled, and we moved the race, we just moved it a week later, so we're going to do it a week later. But that morning, we probably had 25 runners go out, and said they said, "Gary, what's the course?" And I go, well, here's a map. And they go, we're going to go run the course anyway. I go, be careful. Just they go, no, no, we'll be fine. And I guess they did. I guess they went out and ran the race. (laughs) Now, you know, we talk a little bit about what goes on in in a race, but and how it has changed over time. I know you guys have the big, you know, fleet feet trucks or whatever that you do, but you have it down to it seems like such a science when you're doing with the the racing mats or the timing mats and all that. Um, you know how how long does it normally take for you guys to to set up a race? I mean, we get there, I don't know, half hour before the race. You know, we warm That's up, we run at nine o'clock or eight thirty, whatever it is. What time do you guys normally have to get there? for a race i'm sure depending on the size of the race yeah that's a that's a good i'll give you an example like we do some races at lakewood lakewood park and lakewood park um really your races start at nine o'clock and the police in lakewood are excellent they um they'll close down the roads and do things for us but if it's a nine o'clock race we're usually there about quarter to seven and uh we have uh, a crew come in uh a crew that takes care of the course then we have a crew that takes care of the finish line and a crew that takes care of registration and for a race at Lakewood Park where maybe you have three or 400 runners, you may need maybe eight or nine people. A couple of people on the course are set up of the, of, the, of the finish line and the start and our registration people to oversee. 
When you have a bigger race like the Turkey Trot, for example, where we had almost 10,000 runners, uh, our registration people, we had 75 registration people. Um, when you have a big race like that, anything over a couple thousand, you need a lot of people. You've got to move people through. And at the Turkey Trot, we were there at quarter to six in the morning. Are, are the people that do the registration are typically volunteers? Uh, they're volunteers in some cases, but in other cases, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, um, we go to or, uh, organizations like schools and we'll say to a, a, a cross-country team. For example, um, I use St. Joe's Academy in, in, in West Park area. They're very good. They'll come, we'll come to them and say, hey, w can you handle our help us with registration at the, um, at the turkey trot? And they'll say, yeah, and for that, they'll get a fee. They'll get some money to their program, the cross-country run, helping buy uniforms, whatever they need. And they're, they're really energetic volunteers. They love working the race, and they'll do that. So you need those good volunteers, and you need them on a, on a continuum basis for some of the races so they know what they're doing. And we'll do that a lot. Uh, and, and then, but in answer to the, the original question, our trucks are packed on Thursday for races on Saturday. They pack the trucks. They'll go through a checklist saying, we need these mile markers. Um, we need this many cones. We need this many water, water tables and so forth. Like, um, uh, for um, uh, example, like in the past, we've used the St. Malachi race. It was a bigger race. We have three trucks one truck just for the water stop, one truck for um, finish line, one truck for registration, shirts, and so forth. Then you have other trucks coming, bringing portageons, and you have all these things co compiling. And then your registration people, you're briefing them, you're talking to them a couple days before what they need to do and so forth. So preparing for bigger races is much harder, but the smaller races can be just as difficult sometimes because we're there, like I said earlier, two and a half hours before you are, setting up the finish line, making sure registration Pre-sorting T-shirts, race right. T-shirts. People go, I signed up for the race. Well, make sure we have enough uh, T-shirts for race day registration and make sure we have enough T-shirts for um, pre-registered runners. And we have their sizes set aside for them because if they come and they don't have their shirt, you know what it's like. Sure. Say, hey, I paid. Where's my shirt? We want to make sure they're happy so we get those taken care of. So. Now, when you guys do a race... Do you offer different services, levels of services to a client? For example, I mean, whether it's you know pull tag or chip timing, I'm sure, sure. there's different costs sure. there. Can they can they still have that choice? Oh yeah. Or can they order their own T-shirts if they want to? Oh sure they can. Sometimes sometimes um, charitable groups will say, listen, we have a T-shirt guy, and we'll that's fine. Or they may say to us, geez, chip timing may cost a little extra. Can we just do pull tags? And then we have a group of guys that, that, that um, uh, just are great in pull tags. They come to the races, and I said, we're doing pull tags. And these are the three or four people I know in the shoot that do pull tags, right. and they're good. They pull these tags, and they're, they're clipping them off and putting them on the spindle and, and, and doing that. But, and, and so that may be a little less cost. Sometimes we'll just do timing. Sometimes a group will say to us, um, geez, you know, we, we have the organizers, we have the workers, we have everybody. Can you just time the race for us and give us results? And we'll do that, and the, and the fee will, will sure. coincide with what we can do. So, yeah, we, have, we offer all those different kind of services and so forth. And it, it works out for everybody. They, they make some money, we make some money, but, um, and we put on a good event for them. And a lot of people with chip timing, they really like those fast results. 
right? They do. They well, like the results. I don't know, results. even with the pull tag, it's, it's getting pretty quick with it's those good. two. Uh, the, the guys it I have... It doesn't get posted to your website as quick. I think those are usually like the Monday followers. Yeah, they, they usually like have to wait till Monday to come back right. to the office and put them in the computer. But um, the, the, the people, uh, when you do pull tags, you know, you do pull tags, you pull them, you get about the first 30, 35... You take them in, and the, and the person, the, the guy or girl sitting there, and I used to do it, but as I get older now, I just, <laughs> my, my frustration, I go, I'm trying to figure age groups and so forth, and it takes me a little while. I've got to wear glasses and all this stuff. Right. But there's, there's a group now that they just, turn, they just turn them out. They get 30 done. They give, give me the next spindle. Let's go. And right. So we, we, we understand people want to get, people want to go to a race, and when they get done, they also want to get home, which is another thing that I like doing the results of the race, because when you do results of the race, I, I sometimes think runners want to hear the results and get going. And sometimes you have people that, you know, not, I think some people just get up there and they like to hear themselves talk, and they right. talk, and they talk, and they talk. Or they'll call up the age group winners and they'll say, come on up, one at a time. And I look at the faces of runners and I go, nah, these people want to get going. You know, you call up three at a time, say, let's go, we want to get going, here's your awards. Thanks for coming and so forth. Right. And then they want to get in their car and they want to go home and have breakfast or get to the family. So, yeah, those I, are... I think the only bad thing about posting them on your site too early, because people are pulling up their phones like, did I place? Oh, I didn't place. So they leave. They, so they, they leave. Don't, they don't wait, which right. is fine, I guess. Right. You know? yeah. And that's another thing, Laz. I, I like doing, I, I, I enjoy doing, I know, I know you've been at a lot of the races. I enjoy doing the older divisions first a lot of times. Yes. And, and I, I just, I appreciate what the older runners have have contributed to running in this city. There are so many Matt Norris for one. You know, there's Jeannie Sikorsky. There's people that that have run races over and over again. And when they do races and the younger people who are going to be running races come up and they sit there and when I say, Listen, I'm gonna do the older runners first, they go, Oh well, you know, this is why we have running. Because those people have been running for years and putting money down every Saturday and Sunday, coming to races, that's what running. Bill Strauss, a runner from the Cleveland West Road Runners, yes. who has just, I mean, he's a, he's a great runner who just encourages older runners to run. And you mentioned their names first. Give them their, 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 their tribute at the races. Then you can do the younger people. They're going to have their time. Right. But get the older people first and let them, let them get their, their, their hurrahs. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, like I said, the older runners... I mean, they've been doing it. Most of them have been doing it for so long. Like you said, the names that you just recognize yeah. at, at all these races. I mean, you get some of these older runners that do all of your Challenge Series races. You know, which is which is great. Great. You know, to be able to to be able to still accomplish what they can. Like I said, I, I hope and pray at that age I'm still doing what I'm doing. You and me both. I know I'm going to slow down quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, speaking of the Challenge Series. How many years has that been going on now? You know, uh, uh, Laz, I would. I think the Challenge Series. I know we've been at the market for a couple of years. I think this is the this is the sixth year for it. It might be the sixth, and I might I might be off a year or two. I know it's it's growing in numbers, and it, it's uh, it's a nice series. There's a and you've been at the the uh, the awards. Yep. It's nice to give out. We have a lot of sponsors who you know give gift gift cards to the runners and so forth and. Uh, awards and so forth. It's just it's a it's a nice thing to to keep um, uh, the, the 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 series going every year. You know you you you're challenged with which races you want to do, uh, who who you want to have and so forth. But it's nice because you see some of the same faces year after year, 
and it, it, it's good. It's it's yeah. I, I, again, I, I wish I knew exactly. I think we're on our sixth year. Okay. You know. Yeah, you get um, so. For example, I just interviewed you know Dominic Musara and oh Dominic, and yeah Musara, you know a few weeks back, one of my first shows, and I think last year. Dominic and Tiffany both won the male and female overall, and I think they did yeah. it again this year. So. They they may have, and Dominic, you know, Dominic proposed to his yes. his wife at the ten miler <laughs> in the in the shoot. That. They I told me ahead that. of time. I was yeah. doing the announcement. He said, "When Dominic comes through, he's going to propose." And uh, what a way for Dominic to do it <laughs> at a race! Nowhere else would he do it. He would do it at a race. Well, funny um, story with um, you know because I have two daughters, my oldest daughter and uh, you know her fiance at the time. Uh, when he asked me for her hand in marriage, he was going to propose to her at the finish of the two mile for St. Malachy. Is, yeah, because we, you know, St. Malachy was one of our, our favorite races sure. and, you know, continues to be. I went to school there as a kid. Um, so at the two mile, you know, he proposed to her at the finish line. Is that right? Yes. Oh, and, that's and great. They actually were able to run the race together. The bad thing is, I had just gotten back into running. And so, you know, my youngest daughter and I ran the two mile. You know, she was much faster than us. He, my son-in-law, actually proposed to my daughter before I got to the finish. <laughs> so my ex, you know, my wife at the time, she's like, "Well, that's funny. She's like, You're going to have to redo that. You're going to have to propose again. He just can't miss that." Yeah. So no, I'm sure those shirts are saved. They are. They are. You know, and it's just you know, and, and I, I, I'm kind of upset that you guys aren't doing it again because I think that has been such a staple for you guys and, and the, the race that you've put on there. Yeah, so I hope it, at some point you guys can, I, I hope can so, too. That. And, I, and I, I look back at um, my my association with Father Ritz when we, we first started St. Malachi. And Father Ritz was, what a, what an outstanding man and what he's done for that community. And and um, Father Ritz and I worked uh, together on that on that race when, you know, as it, when, it, when it first started, there was really talk of, well, we, we just can't do this anymore. And I said, we got to stay with this thing because this thing is going to continue. And it, and it did. It grew to, it's a good race, and it's, it's for a good cause. It's a good community race. And I'm, I'm sorry we're not doing it again, but I'm, I'm glad it's being continued. I'm, sure. I'm glad that, that the race can, can help the people in that neighborhood and, and, and do positive things and so forth for, for Malachi. It's a good church. Uh, it's a good organization. And um, I'll miss I'll miss doing it. Um, it's a lot of work. I mean, that was that was. Uh, by the time we get done with St. Malachi, we would get out of there at one o'clock in the afternoon. You just go home and you go to sleep right. because you worked your hard. But it was it was a good it was a good good seeing a lot of, a lot of a lot of Irishmen running. Right. <laughs> and you guys used to do the race results at McCarthy, so nice, oh yeah, nice Irish bar. Oh my gosh, yeah. They they I'm sure they'll 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 get some organization to do it again this year but that was you went down there and <clears throat> even as as a race organizer before i did the awards i'd have a beer <laughs> you almost have to yeah well you know even when we finished we'd go down and have beer so plenty yeah of beers. yeah there it was, was funny some some had beer there. before they ran <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i would do that that was great because we used to this this past year i did the two mile and did the five mile because the five miles usually the one that's part of the the challenge series yeah. but i always like doing that two mile race just the two mile race was good and and again the, with the saint malachi is again the history of that race i think some people um forget that, that, that there was a, there was a time when father ritz we, we decided i don't know how, if this is going to continue and there was a the county treasurer was a gentleman named frank gall and he owned a um uh 
a, a German restaurant across the street. And mm-hmm. after the race was over one day, we were over there having a beer. And he said, Gary, he goes, How, uh, how's the race doing? I go, oh, Frank, I said, we had some good numbers, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle. And he goes, what do you want for sponsorship? And I go, what? And he goes, what do you want me to do? And I go, well, I, we could use a couple thousand. He goes, consider it done next year. And people like that kept that race going. And, you know, Frank had passed away. His son, Judge Dan Gall, is still helping with sponsorship. But those are the people that keep races going that you forget about. You forget about, they kind of could have easily said, I can't help you. And where would the race have been? You know, you have sponsors and you have, you make contact with those people and they see what you can do and they keep those events going. I remember Father Ritz, I went back to Father Ritz and said, Father, Frank Gall is going to help sponsor. He goes, this is great. He goes, see, we, we can make more money, get more money into the church. He goes, that's wonderful. Thank you. Very, and that's how things continued. And now look where the race has gone. It's big big downtown race it's great it's great for the community great for the city of cleveland absolutely and we appreciate all the work that you have done on it over the years so you know with all the years that you've been doing you know putting on races any races that just like are your favorite to do each and every i know you mentioned the the league park run Um, yeah are there races that you just like you know this is just my well i mentioned the youth challenge even though it's a low number i i like doing that because of the cause uh, I like the Chili Bowl run. The Chili Bowl run this year is at the Hopra House next month. That's always a good race to get done a bowl of chili. Um, this year we're doing a race. Uh, we did it. We did it two years ago. They're back this year for the um, the police department, and it's out in Independence. And it's a good cause. It's it's for a good cause. And being an ex police officer, I, I um, uh, it's kind of like dear to my heart that I, sure. I, I help work these races. They're just there's just certain races. It's kind of hard because. I think you do so many. And you've I think so since many. I started running, organizing races in 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 the seventies, I think by that time, I don't know. We were counting up. My wife and I, because you've probably done thousands of races, directed them and, and organized them and so forth. I go, yeah. So hard hard to find right. which race is good. Sometimes little kids' races were good because you see kids running and having sure. a good time and all that. Well, it's funny with little kids. You see them for like the first quarter of a mile, just start out as fast as yeah. they can run, and they're like <laughs> within like a half mile. Like I don't know if I'm gonna be able no. to finish this and, race. No, and you know, Laz, that is so funny because at the start of races, I don't know if you ever see it. You line them up, the runners, and you see these little kids up front, and you go up to them and you say to them, "Hey, listen, fellas, you know, girls, guys, these guys up front are going to be running like a five thirty mile or a six minute mile." And I don't want you to get knocked over, so kind of be careful. And they go, oh, we're okay. We can do that. We can. Right. And after about 100 yards, they're off to the right. side. Right. Guy says, get out of the way. Let these runners go through. And their minds are like, oh, you know, I can do that. But then when they hear 530 mile, they go, oh, I, I don't know. You know, so you got to be careful. But, yeah, little kids, their eyes are real big when they start, and they're going to run. But you know. Yeah, I remember one race. I, 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 think it was the, I think it was the pumpkin run out in Brunswick, Alex Johnson's race. And I think at, at the starting line, you had you were kind of telling these kids, you know, this is a 5K, right? Because <laughs> they're like, you know, kind of like blocking everybody. Yeah. You know, these faster runners don't want to say, hey, you know, move out of the way. But you know, like you said, they're just going to get run over. They're, but it's just, it's, you know, it, it's kind of comical sometimes yeah, to it, watch these little kids run as fast as they can. It, it it really is, and a lot of times now, and my big my my big thing now is, I think it's time to start having more races for just kids. Mm-hmm. You know, because kids, fitness for kids is important to me. I think getting kids um, active now, 
getting them out, doing things. You see when we have, like, the reindeer run, we have all those kids that run. Sure. It's like 200 yards, but there's a lot of kids out there running. I think now you can start pursuing children's kids running for fitness because, quite honestly, I think kids are not fit anymore. So I think now looking at 5K races, one-mile races, two-mile runs, that kids can do that and get them fit and get them out there doing that so maybe they won't get in our way at the 5K right. races. <laughs> well, I remember the, the uh, Cats in the Flats road race. Oh, yes. used to do a St. Ignatius. On the, you got to finish on the on track. On the track. Had the kids um, quarter-mile run, depending on their age. And if they were younger, they actually did right. the 100-yard right. or the 100-meter. Because my youngest daughter, she did the 100-meter one year years ago and then my youngest or my oldest daughter did the the one lap of yeah. the track so and now look at they're doing 5k's and five yeah. yeah well my youngest daughter she ran the half marathon this year oh my god! i kept telling her i'm like you know you got to train a little bit more for this yeah she just surprised me she did the race and she did broke two hours and it was like you know fantastic sometimes people ignorance is good <laughs> you go well you're you know you go over a marathon you know you're supposed to run 20 mile runs and you go well, I didn't do a 20-mile run. Well, I don't know. And then all of a sudden they finish the marathon, and you go, wow, you did a great job. So, well, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just finished it. Right. You go, holy cow, you didn't do any 20-mile runs? You didn't? Nope, didn't do any 20-mile runs? Okay. <laughs> right. Um, like over the years, are there any uh, runners that just kind of, like, stand out to you? Like I'm, we mentioned Nils Antonio, but some of these guys. Are, yeah, Ted Roop. Ted Roop. Ted Roop, yeah. one of the original uh, runners. Um, people that, uh, and I, I look from the standpoint of uh, some again some of the older runners, um, uh, Lou Povinelli, uh, there's uh, Jeannie Sikorsky, Marilyn Scullin, runners, older people like that. But if, from race organizers, which I want to kind of do a shout out, there are people like Reno Starnoni who started running races years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the first organizers of, of running. Um, Jess Bell, who it, it's it's funny. Jess Bell was kind of started running in Cleveland, and you go to races now, and you mention Jess Bell, and these young people go, "Who's Jess Bell?" Right. Jess Bell organized 10K runs. He organized the first Hardathon, and so people like that you 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 miss. And and uh, um, there's still the you know the, the good runners, of course, and there's good high school runners always coming up. Scott Snow. There's there's runners there. Um, and now you see these younger runners coming up, and you start re- re- reading names off at races, and you go, who's this person? Well, they're new faces now. Yep. The older faces are moving into different age groups. They may have slowed down a little bit, but the overall lead runners now, you go, wow, these are cross-country runners from high school getting to run and so forth. So, yeah, uh, I wish I could, you know, all the names and, and uh, sure. you know. Fred Geezer, he, he, uh, he he's one of the great runners from the area here. He still shows up at races. Right. He's he's a, he's a very good runner. He shows up occasionally, and when he does, he usually wins a race. He's he's just. A, I'm know. trying to trying to actually get an interview with Fred. So. Oh, Fred! Fred is <laughs> trying to get Fred and Nils together. And to oh, that was good. Fred, yeah, Fred Fred ran the uh, the the Refco Rite Aid, whatever it was at the time, marathon one time, and. He, uh, he he would always run Amherst, which is one of my favorite races. Skeleton run out in Amherst. That's yes. a great race. And um, he would run that a lot. And uh, there was... Uh, yeah, geez. he didn't do it this year, he said, because, you know, his, his kid's younger. Or yeah, whatever, younger. So. And he yeah. he was... Uh, I think he still coaches cross-country coach, at St. Yeah. Joe's, yeah. which they love him. Those girls, he's a great coach. He's just yeah. a good coach. I've done that race, I think, three years in a row now. And, and uh, the last time I saw him run that race... He ran with his two dogs, 
And oh, yeah. Yeah, he still ran. I think it was like a 20-minute 5K, and he wasn't even trying to run because normally he's in the 15 minutes, you know, somewhere that, around there. So. That is so – that you mentioned that. We did a race at the Berea Fairgrounds for the – not the APL, but – Dog, a dog organization, and I, I apologize for not remembering who the dog. It was a saving dogs and dogs. You know. It was a monster mutt run. Yeah, okay. I think it was. And you ran with your dogs. Fred won the race with his dog. Right. He <laughs> ran. People, when he came in with his dog, he did like a sixteen-minute 5K. And we were at the finish line, and, and I, I remember I was leading the race in my car, and I came in, and somebody said to me, he "Goes, who's leading?" I go. Fred is. He's with his dog. And they went, what? And he came around the corner, and he had his dog running with him. And a 16-minute 5K with your dog. That's right. incredible. The dog probably slowed him down. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was, that's, what an achievement. I mean, oh, my goodness. You know, or you see these people run with baby carriages, and they're running 21-minute yes. 5Ks and 20, and they're, they're pulling their child with them. Jeez, I can't, you know, oh my goodness. Well, that's what I normally, because I have a grandson, and you know, well, I do be... a lot of races with him already. In oh, the my gosh. So the first race we did, we did the uh, the St. Rocco. Oh, right? yeah. You know, he was probably about three months old at the time. So, yeah. the St. Rocco, right? Yeah. So, different experience for me pushing a cart versus, it you is. know. It you is. Know, that was uh, not as easy as what I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, you see these people and they go, oh, they, they clap for you. But you realize you get to that last 100 yards, you go, man, this has been a struggle. Right. This little guy or little girl around. Right. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> normally when you run, you try to use your arms more, but yeah, you're, you're pushing you're a pushing. stroller. Plus you hit bumps and right. potholes. <laughs> and, oh, oh. Well, where we did that race at Cleveland, you know, at St. Rocco, right? It seemed like the, the road was slanted just a little bit. So the stroller was always trying to yeah. go off to the right. So I constantly yeah. had to, like, you know, push it yeah. back. So. St. Rocco is a, uh, is, is a good race. It's just a um, uh, tough area to run. Right. <laughs> the, the roads and the, the streets and so forth. And that's exactly where you need all those Cleveland police officers because it's a, it's a tough course to, yeah. to handle. I was born and raised in, in the Ohio City Beautiful area, church. So. Oh, what yeah. a beautiful church. Oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. And they're good people. They're, they, they put on a good race. Yeah. Well, I also like the, you know, the urban community school run that you guys yes. do in May. Yeah. I went to school at urban community school. I mean, that's the new one, obviously. Sure. So I went when, you know, St. Patrick's on Bridge Avenue there, they had the school behind. You know, they tore it down in 76, yeah. which was the last year that I went there. But then for third, fourth, and fifth grade, actually went to St. Malachy's. Yeah, so, urban community. And yes. in fact, urban community, when we start working, doing the St. Malachy race on a regular basis, they provided our volunteers. They, 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 nice. they would come in and help with registration, the water stop, and so forth. And in turn, we, we would benefit them and their organization, their, their sports teams or whatever it was. But they were very instrumental in helping with Father Ritz and getting that thing going because... They, they were, it was their, it was their school. It was their church. It was their diocese. They were, they were working there, so that was good. And now the new one, that that's a beautiful school. Right. That's a, that's a, good school. The yeah. first year I ran the same Malachy, it was um, probably 1992. I ran the two mile. Okay. And it finished uphill on oh. Washington Road. Whoa. You know, because the time or the finish line was right there, and the guy that won the race was was Bob Thomas. And I think oh yeah. He ran just under 10 minutes i think he was the at two like, miler yeah, 458 right. per mile yeah. i was like 1151 which was like you know nowhere near that but that was another name from the past and, Bob and, Thomas as you still. mentioned that i saw i go to the westlake wreck and i was i was uh there last saturday on the treadmill running and i looked down three treadmills and there's bob thomas running 
And I'm looking, I'm going, and he's running just as fast yes. as he was. And now he has, I know he has a daughter who's running. And I looked and I went, it's Bob Thomas. And I saw him in the locker room and I go, Bob, I said, you haven't changed. You're, you're running just yeah, as, he, he still looks He still same. looks <laughs> that. I'm going, holy cow, this guy is still running like he did years ago. So interesting well, you mentioned his name. That's funny. That's that, good. that race that you guys do in Westlake, um, I was just talking to, to Joe about that. And um, a couple years ago, Christy Hill actually was first overall runner for the four mile. So she you know beat all the males, which usually doesn't happen. No. But I saw you know Bob Thomas ran the two miler on that one, and he was still probably a little bit slower. But I'm like, and I think he was probably in his early 60s at this point. And he's still running, you know. Yeah. I think he was under 13 minutes for wow. two miles at yeah. like you know, sixty some years 60 old. Sixty some years old. Yeah. yeah. But I don't. I just don't see him doing many races. Maybe come out and does one or two races a year, and that's it. Yeah, I think a lot of runners still, you know, they still run. They still go out for their daily runs and so forth. But they're just selective, and like I said earlier, in the number of races they want to do and what races they want to yeah. do. And and a lot of runners look at age groups and so forth and say, well, this age group's good. I go back. I, I wanted to, to, to go. Um, the Old Oak Run at Southwest Hospital is one of my favorite runs too. Mm-hmm. I've done that race now. I think it's his 39th year. I've done it every year except for the first year, and um, they're just it's just, just a good organization. They just nice people. The race has been a tradition in the in April, and it's just a good race. Yeah, I, I like the new course this year. Actually, we got to run on the on the trail. On the Were you there last year? I was there. Yeah, yeah. gentlemen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one lady, when we she got done, she came in, and uh, when I was, I, I I was at the crossroad where the road crossed over, and I remember the, a deer came running out, jumped over her, I was, I was and right just there. missed yeah. her head. And I, after the at the award ceremony, I asked for the, and she came up, and I said, "You realize how close you came?" And she goes, "I know. I saw that deer coming." With, I go and missed you by about a foot. Right. You know, I, no, she was she was just right ahead of me. Oh my I was goodness! Like right there and I saw this deer just. Come <laughs> I'm like, oh man, because you know they're, they're not paying it. These deer, no, they're no. just going. So yeah. somebody's in their way. Yeah. I, I feel said, sorry. for Don't you. worry, ma'am. They don't have a race number, but they're in the race. So, <laughs> right. you know. Well, just you know, to close out over the years, I mean, what at this point now just amazes you the most about the running community in Northeast Ohio and, and just the races that you do. Uh, I think the number of people still participating, it's just so encouraging. I think there was a point uh, maybe eight, nine years ago when you go, man, what's the future of running? You know, the, the numbers started to go down at some of the races. But then when the fitness craze start moving back up again and people start getting involved in things like yoga and cross training and so forth, the run started picking back up. So what's encouraging to me now is you're seeing at races, the numbers continue to increase. You know, and, and even though there's a lot of runners, a lot of organizations putting on races now, you're seeing the numbers come back up again, and you're seeing new faces. You know, again, I, I, I have a, a passion for the older runners because I'm one of them, but I see the younger runners, younger people, and in the mid-20s and so forth participating in runs, and they don't have to be the fastest, but they're just running, and they're out there being part of something on a weekend. And that's encouraging to me that people are still doing it. And it's encouraging to me that there are sponsors out there that are willing to say, hey, running is still part of the Cleveland, the greater Cleveland community, and we want to be part of it. So that that is really encouraging to me. Absolutely. Well, Gary, I appreciate your time. I mean, I've known you guys for 
many of years have done oh, you know your faces many of your we, races see you, we, we see you coming year, across so, the finish line a yeah, lot <laughs> i did i did 50 races this year or last year and all of them i can say were hermes races and you know they were all first class and thank you just thanks very you know, much excited about seeing you guys for for many many more years thank you you will this is you will. this is laz jacob we just finished another episode of running with laz where we keep it real and not just about running. You can find us on iTunes and Podbean. Have a great day.